Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another celebrity chat. Yay. I love these chats. I learn so much and get to talk to such interesting people. And this week is Julie Starr. She's an author and she wrote a book, Your Husband Left, Now What? But we talk about how to be your own hero and why it is important to take care of yourself, which is what Back to Me is all about. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. Take care. Have a great week. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others, and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friends. Welcome again to another episode of the Back to Me podcast. And this is our weekly celebrity coach chat where I bring in super amazing, interesting people. And I always say that, but that's because all of the people that I talk to are super interesting. And this week, we're talking to Julie Starr, who wrote this really cool book that I heard about. And so I wanted to have her on because when we talk about all things wellness, there's so many parts to it. And at some point, I'm going to hit on a part that's going to be just right for you, right? So um, Julie, your book, Your Husband Left and Now What, right? But I have to tell you, I love the tagline, how to be your own hero and live your better life. And I guess I don't have to ask you what caused you to write it. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe there is a story behind it. Or maybe you can tell us a little bit about how this all came to be. Wow. <laughs> a lot of questions. Oh, I know. Question there, I have a lot of questions. I'll tell you, I wrote it because 18, I was married for 18 years and 18 years ago, my husband left. It took me a while to write the book. It's only a, my baby is one year old. Wow. Book. Um, but I, there was a message. I'm a social issue advocate, always have been either for environmental issues, human rights, animal rights. And I professionally, I was, I am a, I was a dance therapist. I work in a psychiatric care hospital. Wow. And yeah. I, I enjoyed the work, but it was very intense. And I heard about life coaching and I, I enjoyed the aspect of present future. And so I went into life coaching and through the years of my practice, like since 2002, a lot of women came to me who experienced the phenomenon of a husband leaving. And um, I just feel like for the women who are lying on their couches, terrified, like I was 18, 18 years ago, I felt that there are tips I can give. And most of those tips are the mistakes that I made. And, you know, I basically tell the women, don't do what I did. Right. So, um, but a lot of the concepts in the book are for all women, which I'm looking forward to talking to you about in in the, in terms of wellness, in terms of self-care, right. In terms of um, like the title says, how to be your own hero. Even if you have the most loving, caring husband or partner, it's, 
you still need to be your own hero in so many respects. Well, and even if you have a super amazing spouse, partner, whatever, um, the only person you spend your whole life with is you, right? So if you exercise that muscle of being a self-advocate, then it's already strong when you need it. It doesn't mean you can't accept help, right? So it took you 18 years to write the book? It did, but I did many things in those 18 okay. years. Um, but I, I am very much an intuitive-driven person. I end up doing things when they need to be done. And right. um, this just, you know, this ha was a process. I actually was writing a book for men on how to grasp emotional intimacy because often in marriages, a big key issue for women is the lack of emotional intimacy. You know, you might have the physical intimacy, you might have the day-to-day -day taking care of the kids together, but that piece of like feeling connected, not only physically, but emotionally. And- um, The couple side of being a couple, right? It's almost, exactly. that's how I kind of think of it. It's like, can you have a com couple conversation? about yeah. how you're feeling and what's going on with you and all of those things that I'm, I know that um, uh, I don't know if anybody on the podcast knows this, that I'm, I'm actually on my third husband. <laughs> so <laughs> well, way to go. It's, you know what? we are here. I always say on a soul journey, my clients come from every different background, but I, two things I really emphasize. One, we're here on a soul journey. And second of all, it's like, you know, you do it your way. I do it my way. I think in society, less judgment is becoming a little more spoken about these days with racial issues, with gender issues. Like there's, there's more discussion of being people being who they are. I think it's a little intense now. We, we all need to relax and, you know, just agree to disagree, but dial it down a little bit. <laughs> dial it down. I like that. Um, but yeah, you know, you create your better life and you had your journey. Well, it's interesting. I was thinking of it because um, one of my ex-husbands, his brother got divorced and the, the, his wife who I got along with quite well, she said he was unavailable emotionally. And that was why she felt like she needed something else. And I mean, my exes, I think that even though I, I, I actually was the person who chose to leave, um, I bore no ill feelings against them. I just said, okay, this lesson is done. Time for the next one. Like this or this phase is done. I can't stay here. My next phase has to begin. And I needed to clear that space. And I mean, for people, because I have friends who have been married like over 30 years, they're, they stayed in sync the whole time. But it's true. If you come out of sync, I mean, what do you do? I think that, you know, here's where I'll agree to disagree. Yeah, I of course. Think, well, I think that long-term marriages, there's no way on earth you can be in sync. All those, I have friends who are married 30, 40 years now. And it's like, there's no way. You can't, one of you has to be 
either not saying the truth, but it's okay to be out of sync. Mm-hmm. But then that's where the dialogue has to come in. And I think in a lot of relationships, there isn't the dialogue. Right. And if there's no dialogue, then there becomes decay and, you know, you're on your road to towards divorce. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can build to resentment if there's no dialogue and yeah. Or if, even if there's action, even sometimes there's an action someone has to take in order to make the other person feel safe or the other person feel heard. And, you know, it doesn't happen. But again, we go back to the soul journey and we're, you know, we're here for this soul journey. Right. So So in your book, are you taking people through, I haven't had time to read it yet. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love honesty. Very good. I'll I'll put my hand up. I haven't had time yet to read it because I was reading somebody else's book, but um, it sounds like you take them through. So, because I, for some reason, I thought of Eat, Pray, Love. She doesn't tell you what to do. She's just telling you her story. Oh, I love that book. Right? I love the movie, but I, I love the book. Yeah. So, but it sounds like yours is more constructive. Like, yeah, this happened. So here's what we do. My book is a little baby book. If you see the, it's just a tiny, it's miniature, but it has a lot of depth it in be, there. It doesn't matter how big it is. Right. The message is when a husband leaves, and I speak to this because I it was me on the couch there. Right. I was, I had not been planning for divorce. My there's two types of um, when the husband leaves. There seems to be two categories. One is when the marriage has been decaying for a while. That was mine, and the other one, which Vicki Stark, her book called Runaway Husbands, is an amazing book, and she talks about it happened to her. You know, you think you have this marriage that's happening and you come and suddenly, he, you know, your husband comes into the kitchen one day. These are true stories. And he, and he says, you know, I'm going now. I'm, I'm leaving. And, you know, she the, one, the wife is like, where are you leaving? You're going to the store. And no, he's leaving the marriage. And I'd say 80 to 90 percent of those marriages, there has been someone in the curtains. Right. Um, sometimes women pick up clues sometimes they don't and so back to the book it is a little what I call a love letter to the women who go through a husband leaving it's three sections the first is your adjustment when the man leaves there is grief shame you know you're blindsided you don't know what's happening second section legal maze oh right whoa like That should be like a whole book by itself in some ways. Well, it is. And there are some wonderful books I could recommend. I don't have them here, but, um, oh, I just read an amazing one. 18 years ago, there were no resources. And I just, you know, I remember going to a church group trying to find a lady, a lady um, lawyer came and volunteered her time and just searching because there wasn't websites, podcasts. Now there is the information. So that second part of the book is that legal maze and what to do. And the third part, which is for all women, is your bright future. You know, yes, you're devastated when he leaves. You need a little time to grieve, but then you pick yourself up. And I have, you know, how did I pick myself up? I talk about it. And you have, 
I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's divorce is great. You get a second chance, different life. I think when your husband leaves, you weren't looking for that second chance. You were right. looking for maybe the marriage counselor and the uh, you were looking to learn the dialogue and develop the dialogue. But that didn't happen. So now you have to adjust and you can create that better, happy life. And it does take that time. Because even, even though I, for me personally, when I was the one choosing, there's still there's still adjustment. Yeah. No matter whether you're the person leaving or the person who left. There's yeah. still, because there's still a, some degree, like I've had this conversation with other women. It's, you were with a person for a period of time and you both made a decision to be in that relationship. So there was something there. And mm -hmm. even if you choose be the one to choose to leave, there's a grieving, even if you've chosen to end something. Yes. So I think there's grieving. Uh, well, if you're, if you're self-aware, there's grieving <laughs> on both sides. Some people are, don't have the awareness and they're not, it's just, they might not be ready to have those conversations with themselves. But, you know, there's there has to be a grieving process before you can just jump right back in. Um, and I know that I was talking to someone earlier about toxic positivity. It's like, no, no, this is your big chance. Go out and have fun. Well, give them some space to first be upset about it. Right. That's it. I mean, I think, Heather, what you said is so true. Everybody's made differently. Some people don't feel things as much as others. But mm -hmm. I. I think we all have that grieving piece and it's, you know, it's important to move through it because otherwise you bring something that wasn't resolved to your next relationship. And I do tell my clients, like when I see someone ready to just jump in, you know, you need some time. Somebody, it might be three years, somebody might be one month, but some time to think about what happened there. You yeah. don't want to, you don't want to jump back in and, do it again. That's why they always say rebound relationships don't work, right? It's like you're, I just remember this. I don't know, maybe it was from watching soap operas or something as a kid. Like you leave one relationship and you're immediately in the next one, but it doesn't work out because you're not, you haven't sorted yourself out yet. Yeah. I think it's, I have a line in the book. It's about, you know, it's not about being alone. It's, 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 it's about being with yourself. You're not by yourself. You're with yourself and learning, you know, I love being by myself. I also love being with other people, but it's, it's getting to know yourself. And if you haven't gotten to know yourself, if you went, you know, from high school into a marriage or whatever, it's, it can be scary, but it's okay to be scared. Yeah. I say, get down on your floor, lie down and just, put your hands on your heart, just breathe a little, you know, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to, to have all the emotions and it's good to get some help though. If you are not used to emoting, you know, either a therapist, a coach, a, a good friend is wonderful, but friendship is a dialogue between both of you. And when you're with a coach or a therapist, it's, that's your time and yeah. a good therapist or coach is focused on you. And they're not bringing their own. I, I always 
make a comment that, you know, all of your relationships, family, friends, coworkers, there's an agreed upon way everyone will be in that relationship. And when you're trying to change something, they want, if you change, that means they have to change. So they want your, your unspoken agreement is you'll stay the same. So when you're going through something that's difficult, your friends may not be able to support you in the way that you need because they want you back the way you were before. Does that make sense? It does. And yeah. I think true friendship is where we allow we allow each other to be who we are in the moment. Right. Um, you know. But relationship, I think we see it in COVID days, at least in my life, I see I've I don't want to say dropped, but I've let some people go who I have seen were just really not there for me. And I, I love being there for people. But it's that giving and receiving, and it's that friendship, true friendship, is where you give to each other and you openly receive also, because if there's nobody to receive, then how do you give? Right. So, yeah, yeah the, uh, interesting times. And, the, and the, the therapist, coach, whoever it is that you need, um, almost it's like just uh, somewhere to sort your thoughts out because they don't have an agenda for you. They're just there to ask good questions really, right? Like the, have you thought of, or how is this working? Or um, yeah, so there is a difference between, and this is, I mean, I support a lot of um, entrepreneur women and corporate, I call them overachievers (laughs) because when you become when you're when you work for yourself, and you probably have experienced this, um, when you work for yourself or you're higher up in a corporation as a woman, you can't really talk to your boss. You can't really talk to your coworkers and get a support the way you need it. And your friends and family might not totally understand what you're going through. So it's like finding supports outside of um, all of that area. And I guess women from all walks of life are gonna. Um, benefit from your book is, I guess you're just looking for <laughs> like, uh, because you made a comment that it's not just divorced people, but learning to advocate for yourself. I guess that's the last section of the book. Yes. When I wrote the book, I wrote it with, in my heart, um, for women like myself who went through, who go through this but on Amazon, because the book is on Amazon, there were a lot of comments about, you know, I bought it to help a friend, but I see it helped me. Oh, and wow. That's awesome. It is really nice. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, then I thought, really, it is the third section, the exercises. If you do them, it is about building your self-resilience. Your, it is about being your own hero, seeing where your life is you know, that coaching tool of the wheel of life. Oh, yeah. I use that with a few exercises. And yeah, I think that life is a journey. And in that journey, there are challenges. Um, Myself, I'm diabetic on the insulin pump. I love my pump. (laughs) It keeps me alive. And um, I've had cancer, divorce. Yeah, I've been through a lot of different things. No kidding. And, And I feel that in each challenge, at the beginning, there is that adjustment phase. 
You need to get down, as I said, get down on the floor, just feel all the feelings, the desperation, the initial shock, just everything. And then from there, move into, I, I have a success formula for my clients, which is analyze, strategize, take action. So first you feel everything. Then you've got to analyze what's going on here. You know, how do I deal with this disease? How do I deal with this divorce? You know, I've got, if you have children, you know, how am I, how are we going to make this good and healthy for them? Um, so that's the analyze. Then we go into strategize, actually getting a plan of action. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people go to strategize before they analyze. Right. <laughs> they want to jump to the end. <laughs> they jump to the end and it, it ends up not working well. And then the last part is, what is it? It is take action. And that's putting that strategy into place. So it's a basic formula, but it looks different for each person and each challenge that you go through. Well, and because, I mean, every situation is different, right? So you can, um, I can see people wanting to jump to the strategy immediately before any, before they even look at it, they're just like, let's just fix it. The, the doers, the, you know, the, I don't want to be in this. So if I just strategize and take action, then obviously it'll go away and I won't have to feel the feelings. Right. That's sometimes the jumping into dating. It doesn't even have to be a divorce. It can be, you know, just you're single and you're dating a guy and then it doesn't work out. And then you jump into the next one. And, you know, I say, sit down, get a pad of paper, write down like what were the pros and the cons. And also ask yourself, like, did I feel safe in that relationship? And this is from Ken Page's work. I love his work on dating. Ken Page, he's a psychologist in New York. Okay. And he has a book, which I can't remember the name, but just Google Ken Page. Um, and he says, you know, an important question to ask is, do I feel safe? Does my soul feel safe? Right. This person and ask yourself what, you know, in that relationship that ended, well, if it didn't feel safe, what were the aspects? And that will lead you to some very important answers. And that takes some, some bravery to do some introspection. Well, I had being, a, yeah. I was just self care and self, self, um, boundary setting, all of this, it takes a lot of courage. I have a friend, this was many years ago, many years ago, like 25, many years ago, who right. kept jumping from girlfriend. It was a, it was a man and we were just friends and he kept jumping from girlfriend to girlfriend. Every time we went out, he had a new girlfriend. And I said, why don't you just not date for a little while? And he said, he didn't like to spend time with himself. And I thought that was, at the time, I was, first of all, I was shocked because he was a friend of mine. And I thought, well, I spent time with you. <laughs> and um, then I felt sad for him. Well, I think that all our situations, this sort of comes back to when I was doing dance therapy. It's like all of our issues do come from our beginning days as little people. And you know, if he was ready, he could take a look, see and see, you know, why is he 
not comfortable being with himself. It is a phenomenon and a lot of people don't feel comfortable being on their own and they feel like maybe something's wrong with them if they're by themselves. I say either you're just meeting the wrong people because say for instance, if you're an intuitive empath, it is harder to make friends because you know, people just are not living on that level of sensitivity. But, you know, taking that look-see is, it's, it's, it's a jump. <laughs> and yes. often, what I find, I don't know if you find this with clients, but clients come to me when they're in crisis. They don't come before crisis. They still yeah. have, it's, it's the same issues we work on, but it, they needed that crisis to push them into like, oh, maybe I better take care of myself. Well, and you see it in all aspects, like, because I still practice as a registered massage therapist. Mm -hmm. And I have a good friend who owns a physiotherapy clinic. And I say every, even my coaching clients, even when I'm doing business coaching, when do people look out search for business coaching? When they're like, oh my gosh, my business is not as, you know, failing. It's like, we, instead of, and when I talk to my massage therapy clients, they always say, when should I come back? I say, before there's a problem. Yes. Preventative. Preventative medicine is the way to go. But our daily lives are very busy. I think there is a productivity idea in society. You know, I've got to be productive. I see it even with coaching. I mean, every coach has to do this and that and have this and that. And I, I came to a realization about a month ago, I sat in stillness for a while. I'm not a technology person, as you know. <laughs> You're doing and great. <laughs> I decided, you know what, I'm dropping. I got rid of my MailChimp. I'm not doing a mailing list. I'm, my clients come to me word of mouth where they read my book and I have a my email there in, at the back. And I don't like technology. Now, if you love technology, you could have all sorts of things. You've got to know this is not just for women whose husbands leave. No, no. This, this is for all of us. We have to know what lights us up. What do we enjoy? What do we dislike? I'm not going to use the word hate, but what do we dislike? And how can we bring in more of the good things into our lives? And a lot of people, anxiety, stress, take a stop. I say stop and look at yourself and see what is creating that anxiety. You could just say, oh, I'm just an anxious person. I would say, no, you might be more, you know, I'm, I have high nerves and stuff, but there's, there's a, a system in your life that's not working for you. Analyze, strategize, and then take action. And that action is hard because that means, oh, I'm gonna have to, instead of having six clients a day, I'm going to have to have four because I need that time to go for my run or I need that time to make a proper meal for myself. It's fitting yourself in. Well, and it is, even though I have, like I have everything I talk about is wellness. Um, something you just said, I realized, so when I, I had my, I had a stroke in October and we we talk about taking care of ourselves 
and we do our best. I mean, I do my best, but at some point you might hit something where you have no choice. Yes. That you okay. have no choice, which was my stroke. And I was thinking when you said, you know, I'll see this many clients per day. Um, mm -hmm. I will stop doing the things that drain me. So for you, the MailChimp, all the newsletter, everything, I assume, I'm assuming that that was probably draining for you yeah. instead of, yeah. you know, and, and energizing for you. So after my stroke, I still wanted to be able to help people. But man, did I have to change my approach because I could see one person and then I had to sleep like I physically had to sleep because I couldn't function at my previous levels. I my brain said no. <laughs> yes. And have, this is I totally relate because I had that with the cancer and um, taking that awareness into your healthy life. Now, people, I love the word wellness. Mm -hmm. And I think wellness is where you're at. Somebody would see me and say, Oh, Julie, you have an insulin pump. Oh, my gosh, you must be sick. I'm not sick at all. I'm healthy. I know. I mean, I do have to keep myself alive every day. People are lucky their bodies just work. I keep myself alive. But that's my wellness level. And from that wellness level, I need to know what kind of things I need to incorporate in my schedule, like taking away MailChimp to keep myself happy and not only healthy. Healthy is important. We live in a body, we have a mind and we have a soul. So all those areas, you're a yoga teacher, Heather, and it's like that is soulful. That is that is the psyche. That is the body like that incorporates it all. Yeah. We have to know who we are, where we are, and go from there. And I'll just add one thing, is when you're in crisis, that's when, whether it's a, you have the stroke, I had the cancer, um, women whose husbands leave, it's, you know, suddenly your world is turned upside mm -hmm. down. You have to take an extra amount of self-care but because you're dealing with the crisis it's a different type of taking care because you have all your medical things you have all your you know legal legal <laughs> ladies the kids you the kids are adjusting you've got to act normal and you know together not not being fake but just you know holding it together for the kids Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, who I love, he just gives so much to the world. There's some people who are very high profile, but they give back to the world. And he's one of them. And he says that crisis creates breakthrough. Yeah. Crisis creates breakthrough. We don't want crisis. We don't want, uh, you know, in divorce that they say, oh, a chance for a new life. I wasn't looking for a new life. Right. I, I was looking for my husband and I to try to work out our issues. I'm grateful now and I bless him and I'm happy he moved on. But at the time I was looking, I was not looking for that breakthrough, but we get it. It's part of our life journey and then we have to handle it. Yeah. You don't always get to choose your crisis. It's not, it's not a menu. Choose your crisis. You know, <laughs> this is so good. I have this book here. I, I was thinking, Oh, I've got to tell people about it, but this is it. It's called, have you read this? No, this is not the life I ordered. Who it's wrote that? It's perfect. Four incredible women. 
Deborah Collins Stevens. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the other ladies' names, but I'll just say the last names. Risley. Um, they're all very high-profile women in journalism. Um, one was a senator, and they're wow. girlfriends, and they meet around the table, the kitchen table, and they tell their stories. It's one of the best books I've read because each of them have had huge challenges. Like, oh my gosh. But they each found lessons and they're real about it. It's not that, I love how you said toxic positivity. If I hear right. any more toxic positivity, I can't take it. It's like, oh, you should be happy. Find your find your happiness, whatever. Follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. <laughs> follow your bliss. Exactly. Although I do follow my bliss. And so do I. I'm not going to put it on you if you're not ready for it. <laughs> exactly. And there is the, there are the challenges along with the bliss. And I guess it's just like being real with what comes your way. We want wonderful relationships with our family, but sometimes there's a family member or two that we have an issue with. That's okay. Hopefully the other person wants to work it out with you and you discuss it. But if they don't, I'm so sorry, I left my cell phone on. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, the If they, they're not ready to work it through, you can do the work for, on your part. Right. You, can, you can stand in goodwill. And eventually things pan out. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to choose. A, how will I put this? So... Anything. <laughs> you you choose how you will be in the world. Yeah. Not how other people will be in the world or how other people will interact with you. Um, so you bring yourself to the level that you want to be. You, because uh, I have people who um, I have less than ideal relationships with, but I've come to this place where I treat them the way I want our relationship to be, even if they don't treat it that way does that make sense it so and you know, Heather, I, i've just recently met you you just are a lovely person and i i can tell a lovely person right away and the world yeah i can it's my 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 uncle said since i was a little girl i could go into a, a room and i could feel people out and i also always went to the person who needed help which oh. was interesting i wanted to be a vet originally me too did you know? oh my goodness <laughs> I was terrible in the math and science, so that was it. And, um, but always reaching out, but I can sense there are, I, it, I think it's 10% of the population who are um, empaths and who just have that little, little extra dose of emotional intelligence and right. I'm, I'm sensing it. It's, it's interesting. I've seen different theories on where it comes from. And I saw one recently where the woman was saying, you know, empaths often come from, um, they're just very highly attuned because of some trauma that they've had being young. I'm like, well, that doesn't have to be true. <laughs> you know? Listen, I think trauma sometimes, it's a very intricate discussion. And Elaine Aaron's work is fantastic. Um, it's called The Highly Sensitive Person. Mm. Um, and Dr. Orlov, I'm her first name is, I'm missing it now. She's a psychiatrist and she's she's done wonderful work as well. It is true. People are 
our personalities, we're formed by our first families, but we are also formed by who we are. You know, I come from a Jewish religious background and we say that, you know, there's a soul within the body. And I, most of my clients come from different backgrounds and they all have variations on this theme mm-hmm. that um, our personality is developed through our, our family, our peer relationships and um, life experience, which can be some trauma affects us. And our soul is God given, whether you want to call it the higher source or, you know, we don't, we don't make our soul. And, um, but our personalities, we can, as you said, we can choose, we choose the words we speak, we choose the actions we take. And are you going to be kind today? Or are you going to be um, abrupt? And I hope everybody's going to be kind because, you know, just going out on the street the other day, somebody was very abrupt with me and it just, it just ruined about an hour or two of mine. I shouldn't have, (laughs) I should have been able to be stronger and not allow it to happen, but I'm not there yet. And um, it's a work in process. It's a work in progress. And that highly sensitive back to the highly sensitive person. It is like we are made with a dynamic, we can learn compassion, we can learn empathy, but there are some people who are given an opening, I would call it an opening right. to be able to be more. It's, it's more, open. I feel like it's an awareness. So some people can, I have a friend who she used to work in the food industry and she's a super taster. I don't know if you ever heard of that. They just have more taste buds. Oh, I, I was. I, if I could taste food, I'd love that job. I know, but they they were born with this increased ability to taste and differentiate tastes. Wow! And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But in some ways, it's bad because she can taste stuff that we can't taste, and she's like, oh, that tastes terrible. <laughs> some people have a better really? sense of smell. Some people have better eyesight. I feel like some people just have a. I, I think of it more as like an energetic kind of thing. Some people just kind of sense if yes. maybe it's an aura, a vibe, a output, a way of being something. There's something. Well, there. we all have our energetic. I mean, some people would say, oh, this is woo woo. But woo woo. We are we are a psyche. So it's a personality. We are a body. You can touch your body. You see you're there. And we are a soul within ourselves. So. It is that um, sensitivity, you're talking about the extra taste, to have, I work with a lot of empaths, Mm -hmm. and I think I attract them because I am one, and I, one of the first things we work on is boundary setting, and even boundary setting doesn't always work for an empath. You learn about how to say no, you learn how to, um, you know, let people know what you want, what you don't want. But generally an empath is a giver and sometimes they can just feel energetic, energetically feel people. And that's where rest, taking time alone, empaths need more time alone because you reset, you recalibrate. So yeah, it's right. a, it's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And you said, you know, we're going to the world of woo-woo, but I always laugh because 
Yes, right now we think all of this is a bit out there and weird, but they, you know, at one point, the everything in the world before it was discovered by the higher minds was like, oh, that's not a thing. Then like, oh my God, no, it is a thing. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to come up with a scientific thing that we used to not believe in, but I mean, there's still people who don't believe that the earth is round, so I can't use that. But <laughs> And one of my big sayings I say to people is what other people think of me is none of my business. Exactly. So in other words, know your knowing, know who you are. And, and this is huge for when a husband leaves, because when a husband leaves, there's a lot of shame. The, the woman feels like, you know, is it my fault? I mean, any relationship. It takes two to tango, and it's always about a dance between the two people. But when a husband leaves, it's just, you know, there is that whole devastating piece. And I say, what other people think of you is none of your business. Is that hard to implement? For sure. You go to a party, you know people. But anybody who's going to talk behind anybody's back, you don't want to be friends with those people. I mean, right. Why would you want to be friends with somebody if they're speaking badly to you about somebody else? You can be assured they'll be speaking about you to another person. Right. Did yeah. I get that right? Like if you're hearing. I, think I got it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know, they're not exclusively doing it to someone else. Exactly. Right. And it's not that somebody's bad, but it is that they don't have that sensitivity to know that everybody has their way. We don't talk behind other people's backs well and we can't there's no way for us to know what is really going on in someone else's relationships oh right there's even no the people, way you know even the people don't know what's going on like, right <laughs> I always say, there's no perfect relationship I, i'm not in relationship now but eventually i will but you know i just would love a very sweet kind person but you know do I think that I would be in a relationship where everything is going to be great? No, but that's where we come back to. We talked at the beginning. It's about dialogue. It's about communication. It's about open communication and hearing what the other person has to say, because they don't say it the same way you do. Right. And, you know, if you don't have that, a relationship, even a mother, daughter, uh, you know, I have three daughters, we talk and each of my daughters is different. So I speak differently to each of them because I know, you know, this one, oh my goodness, she's not going to be able to handle me. I'm too emotional. Whereas the other one is like, she loves the emotion. So we got to know who people are, speak directly to their faces and be kind. So it's interesting. I'm thinking, so we were talking about um, empaths needing boundaries and learning, but it's almost like anybody, even like anybody who has been, I think about people who, I mean, this is way, maybe it's not that far back where you did go straight from high school to being married. And I, what came into my mind was that movie, The Runaway Bride, where <laughs> she one, kept, it's one she, of my favorites, yeah. right? She kept going from like, almost being married so many times until she finally spent a bunch of time alone to figure out who she was and what she wanted. So I, so I'm a, the exercises in the last section of your book could be applicable almost to anyone 
who doesn't know who they are. Yes. And I think we all know a little bit of who we are because sometimes, you know, when you feel like you're, you're interacting with someone, you're just like, "Mm, no, that's not for me, whatever. But you don't, you don't follow that. You say, Oh, sure. I'll go there. No problem. And it's like, we all know ourselves a little bit. It's a journey all your life. I'm still getting to know myself at 63. I'm like, I feel like I'm just at the beginning and it's like, But the original question was, <laughs> what was, was it? there a question? <laughs> oh, okay, very good. <laughs> I was talking about using these, the things in the section three of the book could be almost for anybody who just needs to yes. okay, so think, now I'm come back to themselves a little bit, even if they're still in a relationship. Yes. The, there, it's broken into five categories. Oh. Affirmations affirmations are powerful it's not as deep as your subconscious work but affirmations help you change things um that speaks to the people who like to be productive they will help you so i have exercises i have wise advice that i was given during my challenges um so let's see there's powerful questions questions are the greatest way to move yourself forward and you can do it by yourself you you can have a coach and like in my coaching, I do a lot of powerful questions, but you can just, there's a whole bunch of them in my book and you sit with a pad of paper and you just ask yourself those questions because the answers are inside of you. A good therapist, a good coach doesn't give you anything you don't already have. They just facilitate that ability to dig a little deeper and find the answers it's like just helping you turn on the lights yes right just turning on the lights and um there was a book that i read talking about questions powerful questions it was kind of a combo of affirmations and questions have you heard of the book the the little book of affirmations no, but I'll be going on Amazon after and buying right. um, <laughs> it. Borrowed, I borrowed it from the library, but uh, it's af- affirmations, right? Yes. Also, I don't buy a book until I'm sure I want it. I read it first and then I'll buy it. But interesting um, affirmations, but in the form of a question. So it's an affirmation. So his theory is that if you ask the question in a way because your mind is designed to answer questions. It doesn't like unanswered questions. So when you're using an affirmation, say you are trying, this is just an example. So say you're trying to lose weight and you're struggling, 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 and you're telling yourself, I can't do it, I can't do it, you know, and you're saying, and you're trying to do affirmations like, I'm healthy in my perfect weight, I'm healthy in my perfect weight, but your brain is going, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) So he changes it to a question, an affirmation in the form of a question. So why is it so easy for me to lose weight? And then your brain goes, why is that? And then it goes and tries to find the answer. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Right? And some people's brains go, oh, yeah, I totally get that. And it works for them perfectly. I've talked to some people who that that didn't turn on their, their answer finder, but maybe it was, we didn't have the right affirmation, but yeah, it's an interesting, it's just a different way. Like I like 
questions because what your brain is wired to find answers. We don't exactly. like unanswered questions. That's exactly. why we're so curious as beings. I think it was Thomas Edison who said, ask yourself a question before you go to bed and you work things out. The brain is a fascinating thing. Like for people who love logic, there is a lot of information, a lot of um, studies now showing how our brains work and using your brain, I go more the intuitive base kind of way, but I see um, Barbara Hewson has a wonderful book. Well, all her books are wonderful. Barbara Stanley Hewson, and it's about rewiring. I think it's called Rewire Your Brain. And um, basically we notice what's going on, we reframe, and then we take different action. There's all these success formulas. All you have to do in life, I find, is pick one right, and actually do it. <laughs> That's a <So>, bigger step. <laughs> that, that's it. All the self-help books, each one has nuggets in it. But pick one that you love and say for the next year, not month, the next year, I'm going to apply this book to my life. And you'll see changes. And it takes time. Um, the person that I was talking to earlier today was talking about you need uh, gestation time. So yeah. where we've entered a world of instant gratification where, you know, you want it now, you want it now, you want it changed instantly. He said, do you ever see, have you ever seen a husband walk up to his pregnant wife and say, where's the baby? How come it's not here yet? <laughs> oh, very good. So I said, yeah, that's a good example. It's like, Yes. It's going to take at least nine months for that baby to get itself organized and be ready. So any change that you want isn't going to be instant. Nothing is instant. Just coffee, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> And it's better. The brood is better. Right. Through the coffee. So we take the time. I, I, I do a lot of movement in my work, even on the phone when I'm coaching. And one of the things I do love is Feldenkrais work. Oh, yeah. And the Feldenkrais work has a period where you rest, you do a lot of resting in between. It's I'm just building on what you were saying, the importance of rest. Mm -hmm. And for the people who have the anxiety, which a lot of people in COVID days do now, think of it from this podcast, just that one word, rest, rest, fit it in. You do some work, go lie down on the couch for five minutes before you go to your next segment. Rest, however you can rest. And it's okay to rest. We've created this, like you said at the beginning, we've created a very busy world where when, when you ask someone how they are, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so oh, busy. Yeah. And it's oh, so busy. Oh, you're so important. And I think the big things these days is being famous, um, being busy, being productive. And if you're not, something's wrong. And also it goes into the theme about being alone. It's also if you have lots of friends and you're doing your, you know, no, it's like, what works for you? My girlfriend's an extrovert. She needs to be, COVID was so hard for her. I'm an introvert. I loved COVID being at home. It was a little too much for me, but <laughs> it's like, you know, cause I'm in isolation. It's like, but you gotta know who you are coming back again. Who are you? What do you need? But we all need rest. Who are you? What do you need? Make sure you rest and 
be okay for asking for what you need. Yes. Yes. Right. I started listening. I was listening to my uh, fellow coaches podcast yesterday and his, I've got to look up the name of the book. This is another book. You may have already read it. Ask Outrageously. No, I'm getting some great resources. Thank you. Ask Outrageously by Linda Swindling. And she's basically saying you have to be specific in what you want. So that's part of the knowing who you are. What do you need? What do you want? And ask for it because no one's going to offer it up to you because they don't know what you want if you don't ask for it. I mean, she used an example of getting an upgrade in a hotel, but that was because she knew she wanted that upgrade and all she did was ask. But I would just say in your life, whatever you, wherever you are in life, if you don't ask for what you, if, well, first you have to have a clear idea of what you want. Analyze, strategize, take action. action but it ask. goes back to what you said in terms of courage. It does take courage to ask for that upgrade in a hotel. Yeah. And, and it, you, the people who are afraid of asking and they get it, it's like, oh my gosh, I got that. But it's like, yes, we need to ask and then we also have to let go of Bill Levesi. Bill Levesi has a wonderful success formula, which is, I've got it over there, intention, attention, no tension. Intention, you put it out what you want. Attention, you take the, it's the analyze strategy, take the action and no tension is you release. For me, I release easily because I know there's a higher source in the world. Sometimes I get the answer yes, and sometimes I get the answer no. It's like the laws of attraction, which everyone's very much into with the secret, are part of the formula of life. They're not the whole formula. So I use them. I love the Hicks work. I love, I love, um, you know, I've read the secret many times because there's a Lynn Gabrielle, I think is her name, another lady, um, because there's there's nuggets. I call them nuggets, but it's not. There's a this universe is a huge picture, and I would say if you had to have one word to sum it all up, it is kindness. Because when we are kind, no matter in our self reflection or in our interactions with people, with animals, with you know, now what's going on in the Ukraine, we should only see peace in the world. And everywhere, if we use kindness as our base, good things are going to happen. You know that one of the tenets of yoga is ahimsa, which is nonviolence. In thought, action, or deed, and especially to yourself. So if you are kind to everyone else, but you're not kind to yourself, you're still not being kind. That's mm. one of the it starts with you. Mm-hmm. It starts with you, but right. not as a selfish thing, not as a, no. not as like, Oh, it's me. Oh, what there's a wonderful saying from my girlfriend in California, Ellen, what is it? It's um, me first, but not instead of. Right. Well, I mean, this podcast is called back to me. <laughs> So it's back to me, but not in a selfish way. It's back to me so that 
when you are your best, you can give your best. Yes. And um, a speaker that I know has a talk called You First After Me. (laughs) (laughs) You first after me. I guess, you know, it's the, it's the gas mask thing. You yeah. do put your gas mask on first, yeah. but you do it in order to be of service to others as well. Yes. yes. If that's why, like, if you put on your mask, if you fill your cup, if you take care of yourself, if you rest, if you are as the best you can be, then you can be your best mm. out in the world. Right. Beautiful summary of everything we've said. Do you have any parting last thoughts for the people listening? Do you have a nugget of wisdom, a nugget of wisdom left in you to give them? Okay. Would I, I'd like to give one word to the women who are listening, who have had a husband leave, which is my, my um, expertise, which is to not give away your, I guess this is a nugget for everybody. Yeah. Do not give away your power. Do not give away your energy. Do not give away any time of your day to things that are not important with women often there is another woman in the curtains and women just lose themselves because often the woman is a younger (laughs) version of themselves um no no it has nothing to do with you in your daily life what other people think of me is none of my business if people are talking behind your back this is summarizing everything find new friends you don't want those friends because they're not friends if they're talking behind your back. And kindness. We'll finish kindness. with kindness. <laughs> we'll finish with kindness. You know, kill them with kindness. No, let's not kill anybody with kindness. No. But it's so true. Oh, my gosh. And I still feel like there's many nuggets left in there. So I'm going to tell everybody, even if you're not, even if you haven't had your husband leave, Get the book. God forbid it should happen to anybody. Yeah. It's um, and also people need to educate themselves how to support not only when the husband leaves, but women going through divorce. I mean, the the biggest thing you can say is, How can I support you? That's even better. That's a good nugget, too, right? What because let them decide. Somebody gets cancer. How can I support you? Right. It's amazing the inappropriate things people say. So it's like, and you just have to deal with it and bless them. But, you know, how can I support you in any challenging situation is what to ask. Beautiful. That's a perfect, that's even more perfect. Well, they're all, they're all amazing nuggets. So the, I'm going to give the, I'm going to provide the link for everyone with how to order it and your email because you, the only way to find you is on email, right? <laughs> well, on my, website, my website has everything. My, okay. book, my okay. courses, my coaching. Beautiful. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you again, my Julie. I'm going to call you my friend now because we please, <laughs> please call me. I'm honored to have you as my friend. Awesome. And um, I can't wait to connect oh. with you again soon. Yeah. I just have to say thank you, Brian Epstein, business coach, for connecting me with Heather. What a pleasure. Right. And he's his episode is going to air the week before yours now. So very good. (laughs) All right. Thank you, my friend. Have an amazing day. Okay. You too. Thank you. Take care. 
Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like like helping others, please feel free to share this. Give it a like. Give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help. You can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one, (laughs) if you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.